Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, I'm not a big fan of worshiping at the altar of Valentine's Day. If you're not in a relationship, it can either be a tough reminder or a less than subtle dig that there is something wrong with you because you're not paired up. It's really not any better for those in a relationship either because of the unrealistic expectations it cultivates. For me, Valentine's Day falls into the same faux romantics gestures as over-the-top proposals and blowout weddings. It puts the emphasis on the wrong things. So to help dissect what actually works to keep a relationship on the right track, I'm joined by Dr. Devon James, a motivational speaker, everyday peacemaker, radio host, and author of Freedom is Your Birthright. Dr. James Dravon, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about what is going to be a really timely topic because we're coming up on the big Valentine's Day. Yes, we are. Thank you for having me. So just in a nutshell, what is the problem with focusing on special days like Valentine's Day and gifts like chocolate and flowers as a way to sustain a healthy relationship? Right, and I love that you put that qualifier on there, as a way of sustaining a healthy relationship. Because in and of itself, who would not love to get flowers <laughs> and chocolates? We all would love that, and there's nothing wrong with that. In, as long as we keep it in perspective, we cannot sustain a healthy diet. Let's just talk about diet, right? <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we lived our life on dessert, right, without the other nutrients that we get from eating a full, balanced diet, we'd be very sickly. The same Uh thing we think we can sustain a romantic relationship just based on the dessert of it, the the chocolates and the niceties. And, oh, my gosh, it's so important to be nice. So we're not saying don't be nice, but we're just saying that there's got to be there's got to be balance. And, there's got, and so this is a celebratory for all of the work. And for those of us who may be in a different season of, of, <laughs> of love affairs and romances, don't despair because just because Valentine's doesn't have all the sparks and whistles going, you may be in a different season and you're learning to explore other parts of your relationship. And there will be plenty of time for celebration as long as we do the work. Let's not confuse the celebration <laughs> with the hearty meal. Well, and I love that analogy because, yeah, I mean, I, it, it brought me back to the movie Jimmy Neutron where they, I don't know if anybody remembers that movie, but the parents all get, you know, kind of get taken away in the spaceship and the kids have like, oh, no parents, and they're eating popcorn and junk food and all this stuff and staying up all, all, all night long, and, and then they realize, wow, this isn't really very healthy. We actually need you know, the, the parents weren't actually bad to have, and I'm not. I don't want to refer necessarily to a relationship or marriage being being akin to to a parental thing. But but there, it, it's not all fun and games. There's there's responsibilities as well that come into play. Oh, there's yeah, and we all know that. And even any any relationship, there's a lot of responsibility, and that's the adult part of it, right? Is the setting of boundaries, the respecting of boundaries, to the getting to the place where you can maintain your own identity and share a space with one another person and realize that true love does 
does require more than just you. So we're not trying to morph you into one individual, right? We both we need two people to come with their own individualities, which helps us to develop a healthy respect for conflict and the ability to navigate that, right? <laughs> Right, and we don't get and we don't get all that on Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day is the celebration of having put in the work to get to that right. day. Or maybe maybe you're just beginning to blossom a relationship, and you don't want to base it all on Valentine's Day. Well, I mean, and again, and and I think the unrealistic. I was talking about the unrealistic expectations. You know, the 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 trying to outdo somebody, you know, in the over-the-top kinds of things. And if you don't do exactly what I want you to do on Valentine's Day, it does end up in a not particular – it can end up in a not particularly pleasant experience because of those expectations that are placed on it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that, that is discoverable. So that, and for that, we have to say thank you to Valentine's Day, too, because that is a way for those traits to come to the surface so that gives us more room for dialogue and understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. So we, know, so we know where our expectations are. Well, absolutely. So we're talking about, you know, kind of the, the, the healthier balance or the adding in maybe some of the other nutrients Maybe some of the broccoli, and for those of you out there, I happen to adore broccoli. So <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. So what are some better ways to experience sustained, uh, sustained success and, and more happiness with your partner? Oh, one is becoming happier with yourself. Right, because when you bring mm-hmm. two people together, right, we are getting what we're getting. Hopefully, is two individuals who have fallen madly in love with themselves, who understand that there is no perfection in themselves, and they're not, and they are not looking for nor expecting to find uh, perfection in another person. They're also not looking for another person to complete them. Right, oh, they're looking. Oh, they come. It's complete as my, like, oh, my least favorite movie quote ever, ever in my entire life. You know, you complete me. Ah, you complete that. me. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Like, you cringe when you hear that. <laughs> you go. Oh, I do. <laughs> it's like danger, danger. Mhm. Right. So you're looking. You're looking first. First and foremost is to develop those parts of you so that you realize that, yes, a person can add some wonderful flair to your life and and bring some things to the table, but that you are a complete individual, not perfect, willing willing to see, you are aware, you have awareness of the areas in your own life, independent of another person where you would like to see some improvement, some things that you're very happy with. Just having a full relationship with yourself gives uh-huh. you an appreciation for someone else. And it helps you to organically set healthy boundaries, right? And and not run away when there's conflict, but realize in a healthy way when things need to dissolve because that does happen too, right? Not to get in that place where, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever. So those, well, those but things. But that's where you're kind of talking about the healthy boundaries because I do – um, I, I do see this all the time, and it's two of the, two of the words that I cannot stand being used in relationship um, to marriage specifically, but I would say any relationship is the compromise and sacrifice, especially sacrifice. I have to give up 
who I am. It's like, oh my gosh, no, if you do that, it's disaster. But, but we have this idea, and, and maybe it's this um, idea that if I stand in who I am, you're not going to like it, which therefore means conflict, which therefore means danger, and I have to, you know, and again, I'm not a big fan of the word conflict because people don't like it, as opposed to, oh, here's somebody who just disagrees with me, <laughs> and right. that's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And I think we always mis- misrepresent a word. We get ourselves in trouble with words a lot of times because that word sacrifice, mm-hmm. we take that to, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to sacrifice my happiness, mm-hmm. anything, you know, let down my boundaries. You know. So sacrifice simply means that in a relationship that you're going to withhold ju- judgment, right? So you're saying mm-hmm. to yourself that you, you're going to respect the other person's uh, right to be themselves. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation, and then in that allow you to be yourself, and that allows you to say, you know, these things are acceptable to me, these things are unacceptable to me, and I mm-hmm. respect your right not to change, I respect my right not to change, and if we then still realize, oh, well, that's okay, I can live with that, then we come together. We don't come together thinking, I'm going to change you if it's the last thing <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, uh, but see, unfortunately, I think people do, and I think that that's mm-hmm. where if you go into a relationship thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this about this person, um, I think you're heading for trouble. Now, I think there are some things that you might be able to get away with, like maybe, maybe the clothes they wear because you can just like every every. You can buy them presents of different clothes, <laughs> but then again, they may choose not to wear them. But but not changing right. who people are at at their core, which I, I think you would agree with me. I happen to find that a, a very disrespectful. The idea that I, I'm going to I change you because yeah. I'm going to change. <laughs> now here now here's what I here's what I love though because it is we're all growing and and developing and growth and development is a wonderful part of a, of a life experience. So it could be that in the other person's presence, oh my gosh, you see something in yourself that you think, oh, I want to get better at that. I realize mm-hmm. that, and this is just arbitrary examples, but I realize that I tend to overspend or, or I tend to complain. And that is something that being with you makes me want to, I, I realize that I'm aware of it, and it makes me want to improve in that area. That's an authentic change. It's not me setting you know, sitting back somewhere and manipulating and trying to, or nagging you into changing because that, I'm sacrificing that because I'm in love with you. We have a, we have a relationship. So I sacrifice this complaining and trying to change you. Mm-hmm. I then have to make a decision for myself. Is this acceptable for me? I love that. I'm the, pers- but- I'm the person who's getting worked on here, me. And then right. that other individual has a right to or not to develop other parts of their character. So, so this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dory, and I'm talking healthy relationships with Dr. Drayvon James. She's a motivational speaker, radio host, and author. And if the focus on Valentine's Day feels forced to you, you're not alone. This doesn't mean not paying attention to your partner or doing special things, but it needs to be based in authenticity. And if you've lost the spark or don't know how to express your love authentically, there's hope. I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call and schedule 
uh, create your Happily Ever After strategy session, um, you can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can shoot me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. So now I want to get back to the conversation that we're having about um, what we're talking about, about how to, create, how to create positive change, how to create positive relationships. And my position has always been that when you're in a committed relationship, you've got a built-in scapegoat. It's much easier to focus on what your partner is doing rather than your own behavior. And, and um, Dr. James, I think you agree because you mentioned getting external change by doing internal work. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely, and I absolutely love that. You said when you're in a relationship, you've got a built-in scapegoat, right, because it's easier for me to look at all another person's flaws, right? We can do that, uh-huh. and we can, we can fix them because that's so easy because it doesn't require for us to do the most rewarding work of all, right, and the most powerful work of all. Our power lies in us changing us, right? So looking within and saying, this is, this, is, this is where I am right now. Total awareness and acceptance. That's so very important. So if anything about Valentine's Day, I got to tell you, this, if we're going to celebrate love, let's celebrate the love of self at first, and then let's see how that plays out in the external environment. Because when you love where you are right now and also have open eyes and awareness to say, I accept myself, I honor myself, but these are the areas in my internal being that if I clean this area up a little bit, watch and see what changes externally. It is just like, you know, we've all had kids, you know, I have teenagers, teenage boys, uh-huh. teenage boy, and, you know, <laughs> You want, to, you want to get all dressed up, but did you put your deodorant on? Did you, you know, right. all the inside things, right? So, we, you know, that's kind of, I'm laughing about that, but that's kind of how we are as people, too. We want all the niceties on the outside, but did we spend time with ourselves, accepting, awareness, accepting, honoring ourselves, and then really looking at those areas that I would be a lot happier if I didn't do this or if I did more of that or if I allowed more time, you know, just to get to know myself better. Well, and, the and internal things will really help. Well, and, it's, and in reality, I think that is what relationships provide us. And you were talking about this before I did the little break about how – um, in the best relationships, people inspire us to be better. And so it may be that, yes, you know, like I think you mentioned, maybe I spend too much money. And it might be, I might be willing to take a look at why I do that. Um, or somebody, and, and I had this internal thing because you said, I, you know, about maybe I complain too much. And, and somebody said that to me the other day. Um, and and when she first said it to me, I mean, she didn't quite phrase it that way, but, but it kind of stung a little bit, but then I realized she's not wrong. And this is my, this is my, um, one of my physical coach. And, and she made a comment, and it was like, yeah, when I finish a workout, I'm usually not saying, wow, that was fantastic. It was like, wow, that was rough. And, 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 and it made me think about what would happen if I actually tried to find the positive in it. 
And so I do think that, that and, and this was just, you know, this is just, uh, you know, not a romantic relationship, just somebody that I work with. And it, it brought it home to me. And I think in romantic relationships, it really almost like puts a spotlight on it. Of, oh, here's oh, an area where you could improve. <laughs> Right, because we're, to, because, because we're most, no, you just, we're, we're most, go ahead. Go ahead. I said we're most vulnerable in these, in these romantic relationships, right? So it's an ideal place for self-growth and development. And it should be a safe place for that, right, mm. for self-growth and development. That's really what we're, we, we come together. We, we get into these so we can see more about ourselves and say, hmm. Yeah, I would be happier if I did more of that or less of that. And thank you for helping me see that about myself. I organically saw it. You didn't have to beat me over the head, threaten to leave me, <laughs> all this other. You didn't have to do that, right? Because this is a healthy relationship, you know. And that's really what it's about. You're, and I'm so glad that you brought up the example. You know, it was not a romantic relationship because really all relationships are meant to help us to see ourselves better. We do that. When we show up as our authentic self and we're, you know, feeling safe in that relationship, it shows us things about ourselves. And if we do the work, we end up be, going to our next level of greatness with, because of this relationship, because of what it showed us about ourselves. Well, and, and that's an interesting concept about doing the work because, you know, we – when we see an area where there's room for improvement, um, we can we can approach it a couple of different ways, and you, and quite frequently, and sometimes it's the presentation of it to us that can be challenging, um, because if it's presented to us in a negative light, then most of us are going to have a defensive response. Um, but if it could be put to us in a positive way, then maybe that's a better way in. But it is really hard sometimes to look in the mirror and say, hmm, maybe I could do better in that area. And I, and I guess it just goes to what you were talking about, about the, the vulnerability. And I'm a big fan of Brene Brown and her, and her work on vulnerability because, because vulnerability terrifies us. Oh, it does. And I, I love her work on that, too. It does terrify us because, you know, it's, it's, it's someone, you know, seeing you at your most naked self. And, and what are we always doing? The ego always seeks to protect us. And so when someone says, oh, this about you, we, we're sharp, we're quick with the comeback, right? So mm-hmm. we, we, we either have a reason why we're that way because of, you know, this, that, and the third, or we mm-hmm. can come back with, well, if that's how I behave, how about this about you? Oh yes, the, you know, yes. But what about is you know, yes. <laughs> oh, I love those. Right? Yes. So adult adulting one hundred and one requires that we are able to see beyond the the, the comment. And find the mm-hmm. truth, find the loving truth for us. Because some people, you know, sometimes they say things and they, you know, it sounds to them like they're just making a comment. But for us, we're in this vulnerable state. And it sounds like, oh, my gosh, you're judging me. So we mm-hmm. have to adult and love on ourselves. And maybe we need a little a downtime, a long time to, to process the comment and say, okay, 
Now, if I were looking at myself, you know, as a third person, let me just hover above myself, you know, and see, do I see that in there? I may have reasons about it. You know, this is our self-talk. Self-talk goes like this. I, may, I know I, there's a reason that I behave this way, so we're not going to get into that yet. Just let me just see it first and then decide right where you're looking at it, not to make an excuse about the behavior. But to love yourself anyway, that you know, I love myself, I honor myself, and that's so brave of you to see it. And then later we can deal with the causality, but really we want to get to, is this something that I would be happier without? And if the answer and, is yes, we're going to do the work to remove it. Well, and I love that because, and, and that leads right into the, to the next question I wanted to ask you, because you talk about the importance of self-love and putting um, oneself into the energy and, of, as you say, of giving and receiving authentic love. And so we're, we're kind of skirting around this. And what makes this so important? Because that, that's a lot of what we don't do. Um, we, and I'm not entirely sure why that is, other than the fact that it's uncomfortable. I guess that's reason enough. But why is it so important that, that we spend some time thinking about how we talk to ourselves, really focusing on self-love. And I know you're not talking about that from an egotistical, I'm the most important person in the world perspective, but, but from a healthy perspective. Right, because in here it's all just energy. So we are attractor patterns. We attract and we create our external world from our internal presence. So if our self-talk is always down-putting, always criticizing, then we draw into our space more of that. So and you're right. We're not being egotistical and saying, oh, I'm the best at this. And although nothing wrong with saying I'm, I'm great because it doesn't mean you're perfect, but you are great. You showed up today vulnerable in some way, and that makes you great. So when your self-talk is so soothing, and I love to give this example, if, you would, if we would learn to speak to ourselves the way we would speak to a child in middle school, and that, you know, having gotten two children past middle school, I think middle school was the roughest, toughest part emotionally because they're evolving emotionally and, and kids are a little bit, you know, uh, harsher in the middle kids school. Kids are awful. Middle, middle school kids are terrible. Oh, my God. Middle school girls are just awful. Oh, my goodness. Who would want to relive that? None of us, right? Mm. So, you know, but one of the things I can remember is my kids coming home, you know, and they're wired up. You get in the, you get in the carpool line, and you can tell by their, you know, their posture as they're walking towards the car. It has not been the best of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when they get in the car, you already as a parent or as a, as a caregiver, you're already positioning yourself. You're changing your tone, you know, and these are the things that we should do when we're talking to ourselves. We are already in listening mode, and we remove all judgment because it doesn't matter how wrong that kid is when they get in that car. It's not going to go well if we go straight to, I told you so, da, da, da. we've got to present ourselves as a friend as someone who cares. So our self-talk has to be the same way. When we get approached with something that it seems antagonistic, we have to speak. We can't jump on the bandwagon. So, yeah, you know, you, you're just hard to learn. You don't do right. We just say, yeah, I absolutely love you. I absolutely <laughs> love you. That's self-talk. We've got to start there. I honor you in this moment right now. And then just listen. Let, let yourself rant and go on you know, as, for as long as you need to to get it out. And then go back into listening. Well, I absolutely love you. I 
honor you in this moment. Our self-talk, authentic self-talk and self-listening, because we, we all want to be listened to, but we don't listen to ourselves. <laughs> right? Once we start to do that, it changes the whole energetic fiber around us. We realize we become listeners of ourselves, we listen to other people. Well, it's really interesting that you say that because, you know, I'm old enough to remember, I think it was in the 80s, where there was a big public service announcement push, you know, all over the radio, all over the television about the way in which we talk to our children. And, and, And the gist of it was words matter. And I've always been on this thing that, that how we talk to our partners matters. But you're bringing up a really interesting point that how we talk to ourselves probably matters the most of all. Yes, yes, because how we talk to ourselves, really start to listen to yourself, listeners. Really, how we talk to ourselves is exactly how we talk to others. And then we wonder, like, oh, my goodness, right? I'm putting myself down all the time. I'm criticizing myself all the time. And I put up with it, so why don't they put up with it? Right. Uh-huh. So when, when, when you change that and you become this person, not, not an excuse maker, we're not saying that at all. You become a person who's more apt to listen with an open heart, an open uh-huh. mind, then you start to communicate that way. When you begin to communicate that way, the whole world changes how they communicate with you. It doesn't mean that you won't have situations where you have disagreements. You wouldn't be two people. If you, if you agreed on everything, only one of you is necessary, right? <laughs> I say that all the time, yes, yes. Right. You will have disagreements, but how you disagree will be different because now you've learned how to listen to you. And so that trait carries over when you listen to your partner. You're able to listen without judgment, shame, or condemnation. With, you know, you just listen without jumping into a defensive mode. Just listen. Uh-huh. Oh, and you're able to hear, okay, well, that, I can hear that without it being criticism. So just in the next couple of moments we have, can you give some um, steps, tools, tricks, whatever you want to call them, to, to get into better habit of doing that? I mean, because I'm thinking something happened to me last night, which I'm still kicking myself for, um, you know, and, and it's like, okay, and again, it's a first world problem. So, I, you know, it, but, but I'm, I've been beating myself up since, since last night and, you know, because I knew better and, and, mm. you know, I'm part of just not getting into the defensive mode and the, you know, all, all those things that we do. Is, is there something you can suggest about how to get ourselves oh, out of yeah. that? Yes, and I'm so glad that you have an example so that you can try this out. <laughs> Tell me whether it works on the air and say whether or not it works. So right there, that's so lovely that you had this situation and it exposed a part of yourself, right? So now you're in awareness, which is beautiful. You know, not, not beautiful that you have guilt around it. So we'll just say <laughs> we're in awareness. We're in awareness. And mm-hmm. you realize I behaved in a way that doesn't support the direction in which I want to move my life. Once we become aware of it, we have to do the essential thing is I forgive you. And that's self-talk. I forgive you. I absolutely love you. I forgive you. Once we become aware, we have to honor ourselves for allowing ourselves to see that behavior because there was a point in our life we couldn't even see those things in ourselves probably. So we're aware. We forgive ourselves. We honor ourselves for admitting that we are that way. And then 
we look at was there some uh, some behavior underlying thing that could have caused it that maybe that maybe I can prevent. How many hours had it been since I've eaten? These are not excuses. We're not looking for excuses. We're looking for ways to present ourselves in our best light, not to put the pressure on to be perfect. But how, for, and I'll use the things that when I find when I've stepped out of where I want to be, usually I have not eaten in a long period of time, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got that hangry thing going on. And yeah. because I work long hours, I may not have even gone to the bathroom. It may be 7 <laughs> o'clock at night. The last time I went to the bathroom was 11 o'clock in the morning, right? right. So I, all of these, did I take care of the physical things? Was I tired? Now, was there some triggering activity? Did something happen in this conversation or exchange that, caused me to resonate with an event from the past. Journaling is so important. It will improve your self-talk because journaling will improve your self-awareness. Oh, I like that. So just getting into this place here where I said, oh, yeah, because when they said that, it, it, you have to be willing, constantly tell yourself that you love yourself because when you do that, your inner self will become more and more revealing to you. If it feels as though you're going to start judging it, Oh, you should have been over that. That happened to you in 1982. Uh-huh. What's wrong with you? Right. None of that. None of that. Oh, I honor you for allowing me to see that. And then being willing to forgive the other individual. I don't care what they did. It is forgivable. I say that, and I can already hear people saying, oh, you don't know what they uh, did. Whatever they did, it is forgivable, because whatever you did is also forgivable. Maybe not in this situation. You could think, well, I wasn't that bad today. Someone else from 1982 is still probably harboring something against you, right? But you are right. forgivable. They are forgivable. Being in well, that space will allow you to speak more kindly to yourself. Well, I love that. And so you know, we, we're, we, we need to wrap up, and I'm so thankful that you came and shared your information. And can you tell my listeners where they can learn more about you, get more of this information, learn more of these skills? Absolutely. Well, I would love for everyone to become an everyday peacemaker. The name of my organization is Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. And I am on the radio every Monday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Unity Online Radio Network. Right now, today, for the month of January, I am giving away a seven-day challenge called the 2020 Clarity Challenge, which will help you to do some of the stuff we talked about today, is help you to more better see yourself and see where you want to go and how to get there in your life. And to get access to that challenge, you just have to email me. And the email address is info, I-N-F-O, at drdravonjames.com. And that's D-R-D-R-A, B like victory, O-N, James.com. You can also find me with the same name, Dr. Drayvon James, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, terrific. And as I said at the beginning, I'm really not a romance basher. What I oppose is romance on demand or only at certain times of the year. And a relationship, specifically a marriage, will not thrive on neglect. And oh, by the way, neither will the relationship with yourself, as, as we've been talking about. So we must tend and care for our relationships. We must tend and care for ourselves. And it's truly the daily acts of love and kindness that will make our relationships and ourselves thrive. So thank you for being with me today. And until next week, stay loving.